This afternoon, pause. There is a grand scheme by some judges to frustrate investigations conducted by special prosecutor. Those are the exact words of Kisie Jabin, who is elected as ombudsman, as he actually alleges a very deliberate attempt to frustrate his fight against corruption. Also, of the utmost importance that the judiciary should not interfere with investigation and prosecution authorities in respect of matters which are within their statutory powers. We have details as the OSP discloses its office's open investigations into the dealings of the Temayo refinery, government payroll, and the appropriation and sale of states and stool lands. The OSP has commenced corruption risk assessment and investigation into suspected in respect of government of Ghana payroll administration. Also, pairs our money or we remain at your premises. Black shield customers vow as they continue a 36 hour picketing at the finance ministry demanding payment of their 4.3 billion locked up funds. Stakeholders whom the task paying money is being paid to them should live comfortably and we suffer. I don't think God will allow that. Because he that knows to do good and fails to do is a sin. The leadership of the group is on pause this afternoon and later on in the bulletin, Joy Clean Ghana campaign achieves success as a study reveals 8 out of 10 persons have changed their approach to sanitation issues in their environments. We have details of a study conducted by the Accra Metropolitan Assembly. As a continuous improvement measure, they will not be worried. It will rather put the operator and the cleaners on their toes and it also gives some comfort to the user. So it's a win-win situation. My name is Raymond Dakwa, and after this break, we'll be delving into that wonderful story from the special prosecutor. You will come back to this pause. The, the special prosecutor, Kisia Jabin, is this afternoon alleging there is an emerging pattern of judicial bias as he takes on the judiciary, revealing there's a grand scheme by some judges to dismiss cases brought before the court by the office of special prosecutor. Speaking at a news conference, Mr. Jabin warned that such practices have the potential to impede the fight against corruption. Being minded of the rise of suspects under its investigation. Members of the press, just as it is essential that anyone accused of a crime should have free access to the courts so that he may be duly acquitted if found not guilty of the offense with which he or she is charged, it is also of the utmost importance that the judiciary should not interfere with investigation and prosecution authorities in respect of matters which are within their statutory powers. It will be gravely inimical to public policy, the fight against corruption, and the administration of justice if the court stepped into this arena to decide 
who should be investigated, who should be prosecuted, and who should not. That is not the function of adjudication. The danger of this startling decision is again quite obvious. A judge has in the process granted two persons immunity from investigation. And in effect, immunity from prosecution. This decision opens up a calamitous deluge as every person under criminal investigation will be encouraged to take out suits to injunct investigation and prosecution bodies from investigating and prosecuting them. Indeed, there's a live case involving the OSP now in which someone has taken the cue to, to seek to injunct the OSP from investigating them. The real and present danger looms largely on the consideration that by so doing, persons under investigation would end up conscripting the judiciary to clothe them with immunity from investigation and prosecution. Members of the press, I do not intend to sound as though I am predicting doom, but we are facing doom, and this is it. With this development, it will not be long a suspected murderer or armed robber would boldly walk to court with the unthinkable prayer that the court should injunct law enforcement agencies from investigating him. We are not suggesting that the OSP does not make mistakes. We are not suggesting that we are infallible and that every case brought by the OSP or against the OSP should end in a favorable outcome to the OSP, no matter how improbable the evidence. That is not what we are saying. However, it seems to us that this flagship public agency created by law to fight corruption should receive better regard and consideration by the courts, and not this developing trend of dismissiveness and regression without regard to its governing enactments and certainly not the erection of non-existent hurdles in its work and operations. I wish I did not have to say all this, but it's best saying and so have said it. It is our duty as the Office of the Special Prosecutor to bear these things out. The special prosecutor has not only been taking aim at the judiciary, he's also been disclosing his office as open investigations into dealings of the Tamayo refinery, government payroll and the appropriation and sale of state and school lands. Members of the press, I proceed now to announce the commencement of investigation and corruption risk analysis in respect of the following matters. Number one, government payroll. The OSB has commenced corruption risk assessment and investigation into suspected corruption and corruption-related offenses in respect of Government of Ghana Payroll Administration. The assessment and investigation are especially aimed at isolating and removing non-existent names, recovering wrongful payments, and the prosecution of persons suspected to be culpable for any offenses. The Controller and Accountant General's Department is actively collaborating with the OSP on this investigation and assessment. Indeed, 
A joint project team of selected staff of the two institutions has been formed. Investigation and assessment will cover all banks and employees on government payroll. The exercise will be carried out in two phases. Phase one will cover Ghana Education Service and the health institutions. Phase two will then cover all other metropolitan, municipal, district assemblies, ministries, departments, and agencies. Number two, Tema Oil Refinery. I know some of you went ahead of me because a document that was not supposed to uh, be brought to light was brought to light before my announcement. Tema Oil Refinery. The OSP has commenced analysis of the risk of corruption in respect of the proposed partnership agreement between Tema Oil Refinery and Tema Energy and Processing Limited. The Special Prosecutor has directed the management of Tema Oil Refinery to immediately suspend the proposed partnership agreement, ongoing negotiations, operations, and all other ancillary activities arising out of and consequent upon the proposed partnership agreement until otherwise advised by the special prosecutor to enable us to uh, timelessly conclude the work. Number three, state lands, stool lands, and other vested lands. The OSP has commenced investigation into the appropriation, sale, and lease of state-owned lands and properties to individuals and corporate bodies since 1993. The investigation covers all lands and properties that fall under the direct stewardship of the Lands Commission, the Ministry of Works and Housing, all other ministries, state housing company, state-owned companies, and other state agencies. Investigation also covers the management of vested lands and all public lands over which the state's ownership or control has been relinquished and the conditions of the release and relinquishment. Cecilia Abinadapa. It will be recalled that in July OSP commenced investigation in respect of suspected corruption and corruption-related offenses regarding large amounts of money, mainly in foreign denominations, and other valuable items involving Ms. Cecilia Abinadapa, former Minister of Sanitation and Water Resources, and her spouse. It will also be recalled that the office took several steps including freezing Ms. Dapa's bank accounts and investments and seizing large sums from the residence of Ms. Dapa and her spouse. It will further be recalled that upon the refusal by the High Court to confirm the freezing and seizure orders, the office re-seized the cash sums and refroze the bank accounts and investments and applied to the court again for confirmation. The matter is still pending. It will be further recalled that the investigation became cross-border and transboundary upon the claim by persons of interest 
that part of the seized cash sums was transported into the jurisdiction from the United States. For that reason, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, of the United States became involved in the collaborative investigative work with the OSP on the matter. The investigation has been largely aimed at determining the sources of the large cash sums. Of the press, we have had the benefit of five months of investigation, and the circumstances of the case are clearer to us. Special Prosecutor Kisia Jabin there. Let's return to the very first point he raised about the frustrations he's having in the fight against corruption and the treatment by the judiciary. We bring into this conversation a man who understands corruption and the fight against that, a previous director of the Ghana Integrity Initiative. Vitus Azim. Mr. Azim, you're welcome to the pause. Thank you. Now, it, it's for many people, the judiciary will be cooperating with anti-corruption campaigners, especially when one is set up by the states. But are you shocked at the revelation by the special prosecutor, uh, the seeming lack of cooperation from one of the most important institutions that should be helping them fight corruption? Well, I wouldn't say shocked, but disappointed. Because one would have expected that a state institution or an arm of government whose purpose is to ensure that justice is delivered in this country, is to ensure that uh, the public purse is protected and all that, would be keen about helping to fight corruption and therefore collaborating with other state agencies that are working in that direction. So if it has been established, at least from the perception of the special prosecutor, that there's a trend, and he, he gave examples, if there's that trend, that is very, very unfortunate, and uh, I think that the chief justice need to sit back and look at these serious allegations against the members of the judiciary and take an action. Mm. Now, you have actually brought in the Chief Justice into this conversation, but some will say no lawyer worth his thought would believe that they always have to win in court and that if you have an airtight case, the presumption is that it will be laid out in court properly. What's wrong on the other side? The thinking is that judiciary is just following the law and that his claims about hasty dismissiveness may be just be aggressive. Well, it is not just one case or two cases. It's one too many. That's why I said that he has given examples. And he says that it appears to be a trend. Of course, he has also said that it's not it's likely that I mean that he's not expect they don't expect every case brought before the court to be, to rule in their favor. But then when it becomes like a trend, that is where it's worrying, that's where it's frustrating, and I believe that's why he addressed the press conference this, after, this morning. Mm. Okay, now, for example, he says that in one of the cases, I said, a judge injuncted us from arresting the person. Mind you, we're not in court. We are declared the person wanted as a fugitive from justice. And there was absolutely no inquiry as to why we believe that the person was a fugitive from justice. So it's not as if we breached the law. 
the thinking of most lawyers will be if a lower court or even the high court had injuncted you, you move up the ladder if you think that the court is wrong. Your play should be in the courts and not in the court of public opinion. Well, you see, the point is this. A court, a high court, is not a lower, not that, that is not as low as one would think. Because after the high court, there are only two places you go to, the appeals court and the, the, the Supreme Court. But if you today, you suspect that you are going to be arrested for a crime, and then you go to court and ask for an injunction for him not to be, for you not to be arrested. Don't you think there's something wrong with that reason or that ruling? Okay. Even before you are even before you are investigated and brought before the court, you you already take steps to go first and ask that you don't want to be investigated. What is your reason or grounds for that? If you have done nothing wrong, and mm. is that why is that why the courts are set up to do what the courts are set up to do? In this Labenga case, the court has the judge has said that. He can no longer conduct any investigation into that matter involving the two people. What do you think of that? If the, if the, if the special prosecutor finds new evidence or more, more allegations or a petition is brought before him against those two people, he cannot investigate. Does that, to me, as a lay person, I don't think that uh, is reasonable. Would it have been more appropriate if he had put together these complaints in a petition to, let's say, the CJ or Judicial Council to review and come to a determination that the conduct of the judges in this case were not really in the right direction? Should it be a public declaration of disgust or disagreement? That's how you resolve this matter. You see, people have their different approaches to, 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 to handle the issues. But this is a lawyer. This is a it's special very, prosecutor. This is a man very, who spent quality time dealing with the same uh, judiciary for God knows how long. He's, he, um, he's not the first special prosecutor to come out to the public and do this. Sometimes, when you think that your case is not going to be handled properly, sometimes it's necessary to be in the public domain. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known. wouldn't have been discussing it. But it's both in the public domain... So that we will discuss it, and probably, if the chief justice and the senior judges of the, the Supreme Court see sense in it, then they will be called. They will call the lower judges to order. But if you just answer that, if I just petition one person, and he or she decides not to take action, nobody will get to know that I have a petition on that issue. But once it has been put in the media, nobody can deny that they have not heard it or they don't know about it. So, well, that is his approach. Of course, he could have also petitioned the, the chief justice or the judicial council. And he did not say whether he has petitioned or not. We don't know whether he has petitioned them before and failed to get the listening ear before he's doing it. We don't know. Mm, I, I get your point. I'm actually just trying to get to the bottom of the apparent friction and the reasons why a special prosecutor will choose a fabric forum to air some of these things when, as a lawyer, he knows the appropriate forum to seek a redress on these matters. That's why I'm seeking to explore with you. There are some who are of the opinion Mr. Jabin is just refusing or choosing this option to pass the back. That indeed, there's expectation on him to deliver on his job, and he appears to be falling short of that. And that he was expecting some protection or some guidance or some help from the judiciary to be able to do the kind of work that he's supposed to be doing. And that's not coming in. That's why he's doing these things. 
Well, but you can see that his investigation is not like he's sitting on investigation mm. or refusing to conduct investigation. Okay. He has, he has investigated at some cases and taken them to court. So I don't think that would be a reason. I mean, a, a, a reason for whatever he has done. And I'm saying that the former one to OSP Special Prosecutor one did the same thing, writing his epistles. Because, you see, fighting corruption is very difficult. And most people will not support you. So sometimes you may have to court public support than to just rely on the appropriate authorities, especially if they don't seem to be bothered. And you see, you cannot forget the fact that Anas investigations, Anas expose about the judiciary, some of them, some of the judges were affected. Even those who are not affected okay. may, may, may feel a bit un 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 unhappy about what took place. Now, so you, you did mention earlier on that you expect the Chief Justice to take up these matters and investigate and get to the bottom of it. Yes. But why is the Chief Justice doing that? As you said, maybe the Office of Special Prosecutor should also petition the Chief Justice. Instead of maybe just sitting there waiting for her to act on the press conference. That's one. Two, we should also proceed to the Court of Appeal on those cases that he thinks that he has a better case than determined by the, lower, the, high, the high court. I want to ask you a broader question. Is the Office of Special Prosecutor currently constituted with the legal regime it operates within fit for purpose? Uh, I would have a problem with the, 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 the board because the board is made up of uh, employees of institutions that are supposed to be doing the same work that the uh, special prosecutor is doing. And they are not the heads of those their institutions. So the question is, and even, even apart from the board, even some of the staff are seconded from other institutions. So the question would be, whom is their loyalty directed at? Is it their institutions? Is it their appointed authorities? Or is it the Office of Special Prosecutor? That's one. But then going back to the board, it's, like I said, except the chair who is supposed to be representing civil society, the rest are employees of state institutions, most which are supposed to be doing the same work that the Office of Special Prosecutor is supposed to do. So if they are not doing those, if they are not performing those functions, Satisfactorily, what are they bringing on board? On the office of, uh, on board on the on the board of the office of okay. mm. Now, a, a related question will be: I mean, we've had this prosecutor job being done by Martin Amidu. Now it's the job of um, Jabin to deliver in the firm. As a society, have we afforded that special prosecutor the needed help and support for it to function properly? so that we can demand of it the kind of demands we make of anti-corruption institutions like our office? Definitely not. Definitely not from the beginning. Uh, it was established somewhere in 2018. There was no budget for the, for the office that whole year. The board was appointed somewhere in July 2018. It has the, the, the office has complained about inadequate resources. It did not have many staff 
I mean, adequate staff, and even the staff initially had were seconded from other institutions. Then, when the board tenure expired, it took another long time for the, 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 them to be reconstituted. Some had gone to retirement and all, all that, yet the, the, the president just waited until his own time and, decided, and then brought them back to, to, to do the work. So these are some of the issues that, apart from the financial resources that the, the, the office needs to work with, they themselves have complained publicly that they are not getting adequate resources. Mm. And, you see, and you see, sometimes we just look at budget allocation. Budget allocation is different from the investment of those allocations. You may see a budget, good figure, 80 million, but whether by the end of the year the office has got that money released to it to do it, so no. I get your point. Now, finally, before you go, this is the special prosecutor speaking, leveling the latest accusation <laughs> against the judiciary. It was former President um, John Dramani Mahama. Prior to that, there is an Afrobarometer report that suggests trust in the judiciary is at an all-time low. How damaging is the latest, uh, if you would, well, accusations against the judiciary when it comes to the reputation and the perceptions about justice delivery in Ghana? Well, it means that this image has even sunk said that, down. And see, that's why some of us thought that with the appointment of the new Supreme Court, uh, the new Chief Justice, things were going to be different. Maybe it's too early to expect some of these things, but it, 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 it really damages further the image of the judiciary. And the judiciary and the judicial council needs to sit up and see what they can do about it. Because, see, the judiciary is the last source of Justice. If you and I are in trouble, the only way, without resources, you cannot go. But if you have the resources, that's the only way you can get salvation. And if that salvation is very suspect, then definitely it's not a good thing for us as a country. I am most grateful to you for our time this afternoon. Anti-corruption campaigner Vitas Azim. On this all-important conversation about the role that the special prosecutor should be playing going forward after its press conference earlier today, leveling accusations against those who are failing to help it play the role properly and lack of cooperation from a of the finance ministry on Tuesday as they vowed not to leave the ministry until their 4.3 billion Ghana cities is paid. The Security and Exchange Commission uh, revoked and also the license of the Gold Coast Securities as part of its government banking sector cleanup leading up to the collapse of the fund manager. My colleague James Avaji has more in this report. Since Tuesday night at 11 p.m., customers of Black Shield Fund Management Limited have been on the street here at the Finance Ministry picketing, demanding for a total payment of their locked-up funds. They are customers of 
the former Gold Coast uh, Securities Limited, whose funds got locked up because the Security and Exchanges Commission withdrew the licenses of their operator. Now, what they are demanding is that in the uh, in 36 hours, which started from last night, 11 p.m. till today, 7 p.m., government must announce the payment of their funds. Now, this morning, they have decided to escalate uh, their picketing, actually blocking the entrance to the finance ministry. They lined up. Uh, a few minutes ago, they lined up chairs sitting right at the entrance, beating objects, chanting and singing songs to draw the attention of workers of the finance ministry to their plight. And just a while ago, they have moved their chairs and the canopy under which they are seeking some sort of respite to the middle of the road here in front of the finance ministry and so their call is that government pays them what is due them they spent the night here on the pavement both the pavement as well as the loans uh, uh, surrounding the finance ministry here until uh, this morning uh, what's your name where are you coming from you my live in Accra? My, no i'm living for i'm living in uh, okay uh, that's somewhere in the central region the central. so you came here when i came here yesterday and slept here where exactly did you sleep? Over there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, how much of your fund is locked up with uh, government now? I'm having almost about 200,000 Ghana cities. Wow. Have you been able to, I mean, get any dividend on your investment before the lockup happened? Since five years now, we haven't received zero dividend. We were only given a partial bill out of 50,000. And since 2020, nothing has been heard. And we know that in 2020, in the media budget, they budgeted for 3.1 billion Ghana cities, which they used to pay as the partial bailout. On 2021 main budget, it was budgeted 5.5 billion. Under the financial clearance exercise, we read that they use part of the money, see the financial clearance and the uh, financial institution, they use 25 billion. Our money is included, and which for that have reported that they have spent, we haven't received our money. So the question is, whom did they give the money to? Yesterday also we had the opportunity to meet the Minister of State Finance, Mohammed Amin Adams, and he said the last time that we met him, they thought of humanitarian ground. So humanitarian ground, they said they have put it in the budget, but when you talk of humanitarian, then there should be no condition. Then after the, after he said that, he said. Then it leads to liquidation. And we ask, how long will the liquidation take? Already liquidation has taken almost three years now. So should we all stay and die? If we die, what will the president do? And I know very well that during the COVID time, the Fed president said, I cannot bring dead bodies to life, but I can bring the economy to life. So I will save the human being. Now we are dying. We are more than the COVID. those who pass away during the COVID. So they should save us. What was your plan for the 200000 you invested at the time? My plan was to set up a, a business and employ some people and also to take care of my children who are in the university. Now I beg before I eat, before my pension, does not, within two weeks, is finished. So I rely on people, and once you have a sum of money over there, the people also are not prepared to give you the money. So should I think and die and leave my family? 
why the stakeholders whom the tax paying money is being paid to them should live comfortably and we suffer. I don't think God will allow that. Because he that knoweth to do good and fail to do is a sin. If they don't know her, and there is the law of karma. A day is coming, a day of reckoning is coming, and they will pay. Thank you. And so that's one of the customers. We they they have they have to give us our money. We wanted to give they wanted to give us our money. So yesterday, yesterday they said that uh, we should we can sleep here. Maybe like one year, they won't give us our money. Who told you that? They have a, a meeting with their, 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 our leaders. They, they have a meeting with them. So they, uh, they tell them that they should wait. Or maybe they should file a case in court. So we, too, we don't agree with that. So that's why today we came here. And then we came and fight. And then they should give us our money. So, so you also spent the night here? No, I came early in the morning. Yes, I came early in the morning. How long do you uh, plan to live here until your money is given to you? If they give us our money today, we will go. If they won't give us, we will sleep here again. By the way, how much have you invested? What was your plan for the investment at the time? I wanted to go and... I, I, I went, I'm a businesswoman. I went outside and buy things. I went to Togo, Nigeria and buy things. And then I went there to invest my money. They said the money... Uh, they have they have collapsed the uh, uh, the bank, so I have to come here and come and take my money. That's why I'm here. So what 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 about the business now? How is it going? It's not going well. It's not going well. Everything is tough. Everything is tough. We are suffering. We are suffering. I don't have money now. I don't have money to go to buy my things. I don't have it. So that's why we came here and came and collect our money. That's why. So that's another customer. Let's try and get the views of one more customer, uh, get to hear her story and why she's also here. Mommy, thank you. Uh, what's your name? Rosemont Gridiski. Okay. Uh, what's your personal story about this whole investment thing? Okay. Yesterday, I spent the night here, actually. I didn't go home since yesterday. We invested over two million Ghana City. I and my husband, he's a, pen he's a pensioner. He was at Agloguda Shanti. Over two million cities. Yes. He was working with Agro Group Ashanti for 35 years. So during uh, redundancy, they gave him some money. And after that, he spent money, add everything together, and we put it at Papa Kusindum. Because our children are still young. So we put that money there to give a better future for our children. So, so the money got locked up. Things are not easy for us. It's not easy. Life is hard. Because imagine... Your husband is now a pensioner, and the money that he had, everything is locked up. Myself, my money is locked up. And the children are still, my last one, she's in SS2. And my first one just completed university. And the another one is in the university. It's not easy. And so how is the family surviving? What are, uh, how is the plan for which you have decided to invest? How is the plan also going? The plan, is, let me say, it didn't work. Because the plan was when uh, my son finished Akosumbo to further in abroad. So when he finished, that was 2018. That's the time that the money was locked up. We traveled okay to the UK. And all that we wanted is money to pay school fees. We couldn't pay school fees. We had to come back. We had to, all of us had to come back. Well, there was no money to pay. So the boy ended up finishing his university over here. So that means all the plan that we have for the money is gone. And life is hard. Imagine living by pension money alone. I have some small business who is not even moving. People don't buy. 
you try everything, they don't buy. That's the main reason why I slept here. So I, the gardener will see that it's not easy. I'm ever ready to die because of that money. It's, it's a big amount of money. And it's hard to get that money now. It's not easy, my brother. It's not easy. As we speak, workers of the finance ministry continue to be locked up there at the ministry as customers have blocked the entrance as well as the road in front of the finance ministry. Their demand is that government pays them the entirety of the over 4 billion Ghana cities owed them in locked up funds. From the finance ministry here in Accra, my name is James Aveji for Joy News. And joining me in studio, Charles Nyamez, convener for the agreed customers of Black Shield Capital Management and also engineer Charles Frimpon. Uh, he's also one of the agreed customers. And gentlemen, you're welcome. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. I hope you are doing well. Mm. As in you, Charles, first. I'm not well, but I have life, so I'm grateful for that. Mm. I saw you there. I mean, you are still organizing there. I want us to start from, and many people do not understand this, what the finance minister said in the budget of 2024 about this. And paragraph 253 specifically says that, Mr. Speaker, government is also working with all financial sector regulators to address the remaining legacy issues in the financial sector. This includes issues relating to the strengthening of the National Investment Bank to support industrial transformation and the revocation of license in 2019 by the Securities and Exchange Commission of Black Shield Capital Management Limited, formerly Gold Coast Securities Limited. And the other reference it makes it is 256. That's the paragraph. Mr. Speaker, unfortunately, the ongoing litigation commenced by shareholders of some of the defunct AMCs has made it difficult for the SEC to work with the official liquidator, that's the Registrar of Companies, to obtain liquidation orders for Black Shield Capital Management Limited from Gold Coast Securities. As a result, government has not been able to support the bailout for investors of Black Shield. Accordingly, approval received from Parliament in 2021 to pay the aggrieved investors of Black Shield has elapsed. Government will request the SEC to work with the official liquidator and engage the clients of the defunct Black Shield to reach an understanding about the framework for the bailout intervention by government and how existing challenges can be addressed. This is what he said during the budget reading. You heard it, right? I read, I heard it, and even there was a press statement that we issued to, that, to address this issue. That's the next day, that's on the, on the 16th of uh, November. You see, the finance minister and the ministry are trying to play on the, excuse me for my words, ignorance of the public as far as this matter is concerned. Mm. You see, liquidation order route is different from bailout package route. There is a press statement dated 2nd September 2020, issued by the Securities and Nation Commission. That was prior to even the, the whole budget allocation. They stated that after the uh, revocation of license, the Securities and Nation Commission, being the regulator, mm-hmm. engaged the government on our payment. Yeah. The government had two options. I'm, 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 I'm just quoting from these, the, 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 the press statement that 
I, I, I cited. The government had two options to choose any of to pay us. One was the liquidation route, and two was the bailout package route. But they, Security Selection Commission, as the regulators, advised the government not to go by the liquidation route because per some cases and experiences they have on their table, some of these cases have taken two decades and still pending. Should the government use that, customers will die out of hardship. Therefore, they advise the government to use a bailout route, which is... You mean that's what SEC told... It is in the when you say When you say government, specifically which institution are we talking about? Um, As in the finance ministry? They engage the government through the finance ministry. That's okay. what they said. They engage okay. the government through the finance ministry. So they agree that they are, going, they are not going to use the liquidation route, but they are going to use a bailout route. This is the reason why they budgeted for six, $8.6 billion. Part of it, that is $3.1 billion, was approved in the mid-year budget of 2020. And going into the election of 2020, November 18th, they started something they called partial bailout because the full bailout package hadn't yet been approved, but partly. So they gave a capped amount of 50000 to individual customers. Maybe Ahead of the 2020 election. election. That was November 18th that they okay. started that payment. And after that payment, in the year of 2020, by 2021 budget, the remaining amount of $5.5 billion was approved to complete our payment. Okay. And we haven't received any disbursement or payment. There, are, there is document in the public, in the finance, in, at the finance ministry. Even just recently, the, 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 the governor of Bank of Ghana came out with a press statement saying that they have spent $25 billion in, in cleaning up the financial sector. Yes. When you look at the component of expenditure of this $25 billion, the $8.6 billion that's supposed to pay Go, uh, fund management customers in full is calculated as part of the expenditure that 25 billion. These are legitimate questions that we are raising that we want the finance ministry to come to that, but they are just throwing dust into the people's eyes that since the year passed. So you say the ministry had already reported it had expended some over 8 billion. 8.6 billion in paying, in, 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 they have spent it, but that money. But it, it, did they state categorically this is related to Black Shield? That the approver, the approver of that money was specifically meant for payment of the 47 fund management customers. Okay. Cust- uh, 47 companies' customers. Okay. And Black Shield, we are 90% of the entire customers. So the parliament approved the money specifically for our payment. Out of the 8.6 billion, only 3.1 billion has been disbursed. Having 5.5 billion outstanding to be disbursed. But when you look at the 25 billion that the finance ministry claims they have spent in cleaning up the financial sector, the total amount of the 8.6 billion is part of it. And we are asking questions that what became the, uh, the, 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 the 5.5 billion outstanding to be disbursed to us? And we are not getting answers. They always come to trade shares in the public that it has elapsed. We want them to answer, what did they use that money for? The money that they claim they have spent, that was supposed to be meant for our payment, and they say they have spent. Come to think of it, it is on this note that we went to the finance ministry to protest. Yesterday, we were engaged by the ministry. When we get there, we were engaged by the ministry. Give me a second. Let me run to Parliament now where I understand some development is happening there. We understand some approval of a sort has been given to the budget by voice vote, but there is a serious debate on the floor, contention of whether or not that was the appropriate process to take. Ahead of a division, we understand maybe because so. So we go to Parliament now. And the deputy at the same time. 
What is the what is the problem? What is the challenge? Yes, it is it is not a challenge. You alluded to what you said, and you are saying that you said to us that you think the eyes have it. Yes, you did not rest there. You did not rest there. You said, I think the eyes have it. And then you went on further to make the definitive de uh, determination. The eyes have it. That's what you said. Because Speaker, that is what you said. With the greatest respect, that is what you said. I insist, that is what you said. And if you like, you call for, you call for the, 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 the the television recording. We call for the television recording. You are saying to us that you didn't say that. You didn't make the final determination. You did. Yes. You did make the final determination. You said, I think the eyes have it. And the eyes have it. And the eyes have it. Just a definite determination. You seem to be retreating. You seem to be retreating from what you yourself said. Yes. Honorable Arnold Rizou. Speaker, let me thank you for the opportunity. Mr. Speaker, you rightly and legally appropriately put a question on the vote of the economic policy and budget. Mr. Speaker, subsequently, the Deputy Leader, the Honorable Amabua, drew your attention to Order 1132. But even for our emphasis, and the Leader of Government Business, Mr. Speaker, I'm surprised he's challenging you. In Order 113, Mr. Speaker, you are vested with discretion to yourself declare a head count. It is within your powers. Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, it is within the Speaker's discretion in order 1131. And Mr. Speaker, I will go the full hall on this matter. I'll go the full hall on this matter. Mr. Speaker, order 1131. Mr. Speaker, order 1131. Order, order 1131. Reads, reads. When the question has been put by the Speaker, at the conclusion of the debate, the vote shall be taken by voices. Yeah and no, provided that Mr. Speaker may, in his discretion, instead of declaring the result on the vote, vote call for, vote call for a head count. And so even discretionary, discretionary, the Speaker is, discretionary, the Speaker is clothed with the authority to have done that. Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, when you got the opportunity, you made your point. Even the legal question the Honorable Deputy Afenio Markin raised, you, 
a rule of interpretation is Expresso Unus rule. You quoted order 130. Mr. Speaker, you, did, you came to 130. Mr. Speaker, I'm referring to order 130, where the framers of this standing orders wanted that the deputy leader should rise before you put the question. It would have said so, it would have said so in order 130. Mr. Speaker, in 130, even though specific to the consideration stage of a bill, if you read 131, it reads, and my emphasis, it goes to when we go to tell reading, it says that even before the person can move to introduce a new provision to a May at any time before a member rises, at any time before a member rises. So if on this matter, the framers of our orders wanted that he should rise before your declaration, the standing orders would have said so. So they have no argument. You have, he has rightly called for a head count. And Mr. Speaker, I repeat that it is within your discretion as Speaker even to have declared a head count, let alone the fact that the Deputy Leader has asked for it. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. What I can say again, what, what I can say again, not Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, with a greater respect. Right, Honourable Speaker, thankfully I'm alive. I rose respectfully to challenge your ruling and then quoted order 1132 for her count. That's what I did. So when we are speaking, you need to pay attention. Honorable Afeyon Maki. What, what the member for Tamale South is urging on you is completely unknown to our standing orders. Mr. Speaker, the orders provide when the question has been put by Mr. Speaker, that is 1131, when the question has been put by Mr. Speaker at the conclusion of the debate, the vote shall be taken by voices I and no. Provided that Mr. Speaker may, in his discretion, instead of declaring the result on the voice vote, call for a head count. Mr. Speaker, you can only do that when you have not declared the results. In this case, you have. So what you are saying, yes, former majority, minority leader, please, since you became former, you have lost control of the others of the House. Mr. Speaker, he's totally wrong. The former minority leader is totally wrong. Yeah. Having said that, okay. Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, I insist that you said to us that you think the eyes have it. Then you proceeded to say the final determination that the eyes have it. That is the final declaration. Mr. Speaker, now you are saying that you just said you think the eyes have and left it at that. We didn't leave it at that. You said you think the eyes have which you normally do, which is right. And we went further to indicate firmly that the eyes have it. Mr. Speaker, that is what you said. 
and if you Mr. Speaker, then, then we should spend the house and call for the, 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 the BP. Because I disagree vehemently with you, and you're shaking your head on this. You said the ice have it, you are definitely. Uh, honorable members, honorable members, honorable members, please, let me take, let me take my time to explain the standing orders dealing with division. Please, standing order. 1131 calls on the speaker to do one or two things. First, the speaker can put the question and listen to the voice vote. Wendy's Peppermint Frosty and Frosty Cream Cold Brew make the perfect gift for anyone in your life. Especially for you. Yeah, this year you're sitting on your own lap and getting yourself what you want. Finally. And now every day this season, unlock 20% off your total when you get any small, medium, or large Frosty in the Wendy's app. So order something from your own wish list this year. Limited time only. Participating U.S. Wendy's with app offer and registration. Applies to menu items only. Taxes and fees excluded. Call for a head count. So that is an option. So when the speaker calls for a head count, then you move to the next standing order under 113. When you call for a head count, you don't do the voice vote. So when I put the question, I can say, let's do a head count. I don't take the voice vote. Or I can say voice vote. Once I take the voice vote, then we go on. But that must be a ruling, not an opinion. So throughout the practice, when it's an opinion, you say, I think, I think, that is opinion I'm expressing. I think the yes have it. Now, an opportunity is created for somebody to challenge the opinion. And so when you read 1132, it doesn't talk about ruling. It talks about the opinion. That's why it says a member may call for head count or division if the opinion of Mr. Speaker on the voice vote is challenged. So that time is an opinion. It is not a ruling. Now, if I had proceeded to say that the yes have it, that is a ruling. And that ruling can only be challenged under Order 98. 
Honorable members, I did not proceed to say the yes have it. I did not. I did not. And so the deputy minority leader stood up and the purpose of what he said was to challenge my opinion and then to ask for a head count. That is what happened. And so I proceeded to say that let's have the head count. So I have not made a ruling yet. I expressed an opinion. I think the yes have it. Honorable members, honorable members, please. Mr. Speaker, as you know, I will not lie. This is what transpired. If you call for the voice recording, you will hear exactly what I've stated. You, we can't prevent people from challenging what has happened. No. That is allowed. But I am also cautious of filibustering. I think we've had a very successful debate, and I think we should end it well. So please, can we have a head count? counting now. We'll start the counting now. Take your seats. Let's do it immediately and then we go. 
even though I raise issues about the procedure, if we have to do it, let's do it and go quickly. Majority Leader, I can't hear you. Mr. Speaker, you said that you want the headcount now. And I'm saying that even though I raise issues, let's, if you have to do it, let's do it now and move on. members, the head count is starting now. Mr. Speaker, before we start the head count, I will seek your guidance on this. As at the time the question was put, Honorable Tuferu, Honorable John Kuma, Honorable Kennedy Japan, and Honorable <laughs> were not here. So Mr. Speaker, the four of them were not here. If at any time, and they are still not here, so as we begin, if they come, because they are not part of the speaker, we should know those who are here and those who are not here. Honourable members, please. Honourable members, order. Order 113. Order 1134. 1134 says a member, a member may vote in a division even if he did not hear the question put. That is the standing orders. So please, let's start. Let's start the head count. Table office, let's start the head count.
Honorable members, they will mention your name, you will stand up, and you will be counted. Mr. Speaker, 
we take notice of your pronouncement that, Mr. Speaker, we have heard you on, Mr. Speaker, we have heard you on your pronouncement that you think the eyes have it. You don't have the floor, Apeño, you don't have the floor. He, he said, you don't have the floor. Mr. Speaker, you don't have the floor. If you want to entertain, you don't have, you don't have the floor. For a head count, you don't have the floor. You don't have the floor. head count on their side, since they are challenging. You don't have the floor. You know the bill, you don't have the floor. You don't have the floor. And we are leaving the chamber for them. Yes, we are leaving the chamber for you. Now do the head count and see whether you have the number. So overturn Mr. Speaker's ruling. Interesting scenes in Parliament as the majority leadership announced they are announcing a boycott and it is not clear if they are going to carry through with this but a lot of MPP MPs are still seated because they know what a big gamble this will be if they walk out and this budget is rejected. This will be such a big decision and that is why I see the Deputy Finance Minister challenging the decision. is talking to the Deputy Whip and saying that this is something they should do. Or say, Chairman Sabos, we're still asking that everybody should leave. And people are still seated. Some people do not want to leave. Clearly defying the majority leader. Some MPs do not want to see. He's calling his leadership. He says, let's go. But some MPs are still seated. And these are the scenes here in Parliament. Or say, Chairman Sabos, who clearly has made his decision together with leadership. They say they want to walk out. They do not agree with the decision of the Speaker that they should do a head count that will involve calling the name of individual MPs. The minority are seated and say they are going to vote and they are going to reject this budget. The majority MPs are getting up and they are leaving. This is surreal. This is the scenes we saw in 2021 when the budget was rejected due to the E-Levy. When majority MPs walked out, the budget was rejected. This time around, it appears some NPP MPs are clearly not happy with a decision to walk out, they are still seated in their places. Osei Chairman Sabosu has just walked out completely. His leadership are going, and now most of the NPP MPs are also leaving.
are they working out on the budget presented by the finance minister, who himself is standing on the floor, clearly really evaluating what a decision this will be. Because if they leave, they leave the majority with the numbers to vote against this budget, it will mean the House cannot go ahead and consider the various estimates. This is a real surreal moment in Parliament. You are live here on Join News, our live coverage. The Finance Minister there in a conversation with his deputy, Abinosi Asari, about what exactly they are about to do and whether it will inure to the benefit of the government. I see a lot of protests from within the MPP circles. So many of them not happy with the decision to walk out, but they are leaving. The deputy speakers are still seated and they are just having a tete-a-tete. -tete. They are members of the majority. Are they also going to join the majority leader in walking out? What kind of strategy will this be? It is really the kind of scenes that we saw in 2021 when the E-Levy conversation happened. So a lot of interesting conversations happening on the floor of the house and a lot of numbers really coming up here. It's a numbers game. Our understanding is that a number of NPP majority MPs were not available on the floor, which would have meant that if there was a headcount vote, it would have meant that the house would not have gotten the numbers. The Speaker of Parliament says he's suspending sitting. The Speaker of Parliament says he's suspending sitting. The minority MPs are clearly opposed to that. They want to stay and make sure that the vote is hard. The Speaker of Parliament has just suspended sitting here in Parliament. And that is what the minority are challenging. You see John Jinapo there saying, why are you doing this? And NPP MPs, wow, incredible moments here in Parliament as the NDC still fight to reject the 2024 budget. The Speaker of Parliament has suspended sitting. This means that the vote is not going to happen as we expected and clearly has left the NDC MPs furious that this has happened. They wanted to stay and vote and reject the decision. To take you down memory lane, the last time the majority walked out on their own budget, the minority MP stayed, the Speaker of Parliament, Alban Babin, was on the floor, and he let the vote happen, and the budget was rejected. This time around, he has elected to suspend sittings for some time. He did not specify what time he is going to return for sitting to continue. But, like I was telling you, there are a lot of majority MPs who are not on board with this decision to work out. They believe it's a bad strategy that they should be able to stay on the floor and vote. There's, there, it appears the Speaker of Parliament has handed them a lifeline by his decision to suspend sitting, which means the vote is not going to happen, at least not for now. It will take some time before the Speaker of Parliament will come for the vote to happen. Probably by the time that happens, the majority MPs will get their numbers and they will come back and ensure that the vote clearly happens. I see John Jinapo there clearly in your shot, not happy at all. In fact, he's asking, why would you suspend sitting? Why would you suspend sitting? I see the aide of the speaker has come in to call the minority leadership, that the speaker of parliament is calling them. And so the minority leadership are now walking out. They are going to see the speaker. They are going to have a conversation, perhaps about what is expected to happen. Amakufibo has taken the lead. The minority leader himself, Dr. Kisarato Forsen, having a conversation with Muntaka Mubarak in the center of parliament to divide the strategy that the minority will use to reject this budget.
surreal scenes in Parliament. The budget statement was debated, concluded today. We heard from Dr. Kizalato Forsen, who made a strong case for why these budgets must be rejected. While I say Chairman Sabons, who believed this budget is really the budget that will turn the tide of the economy. And so asked that that is done. We understand there are going to be some news conferences. We'll take you down pretty shortly. But surreal scenes, that is the word I can get in terms of what exactly has happened in Parliament. The majority, just like in 2021, have walked away from the budget. The decision to vote, they've walked away on that. And the, the Speaker has just extended an invitation to the minority leadership. My understanding is that the majority may also be there to have a certain understanding of what exactly they should do to proceed with this. They're clearly not happy with the decision of the Speaker to suspend sitting. The majority leadership about to dress journalists uh, in terms of what their strategy is, what the ball game is for them. So we'll take you down and pretty shortly there will be the news conference where we can get to know what exactly is happening, what exactly is going to be the ball game. Stick and stay here on Joy News. We are going to give you all the key happenings here as the, the budget debate concludes. There's a big fiasco as the majority have worked out. They say that they do not agree with the decision of the Speaker to hold a head count. That would mean all MPs standing up in their seats to be counted. And so they worked out. But just when we thought the minority were going to have their way and reject this budget, the Speaker of Parliament suspended settings. And so we'll take you to the news conference that is just about to happen down there. And then we'll be back. We'll cut the scenes from the chamber now so that we can ferry our camera down there. But really incredible scenes, just like we saw early 2021, heated scenes in Parliament. We'll be right back when the news, these, these news conferences begin. Now, very interesting developments in the Parliament of the Republic of Ghana, where at the commencement of conversation leading to the final passage. Indeed, the vote had been taken uh, for the passage. There was a, a, a bit of a voice vote. That voice vote was adjudged by the Speaker to be in favor of the passage of the budget. Then the minority raised some questions demanding that there should be a count, a head count of the people within the legislature. This was called. The speaker then demanded or asked that when your name is called, then you get up so that you'll be counted. It is that point that raised some friction between himself and the majority leadership who are still having some members pacing around looking for the rest of their membership so that they can vote massively for the passage of the budget. So we do not repeat what happened to the 2022 budget, which has been blamed for some of our woes as a country. You do recall that required an E-level conversation, which then was part of the final decision to reject that budget. The majority had actually worked out of that particular budget. Then, just when this disagreement and the voting and the subsequent decision to ask people to stand up to be counted started, then the conversation then moved on. This moving on of the conversation into having the majority decide that they were not going to participate in the parliamentary proceedings leading to the passage of the budget. The majority leader, the deputy majority leader, Alessa Fenjo Markin, then signaled to his colleagues 
his colleagues, including the finance minister, some were hesitant. I could see members of parliament slowly on the majority side discussing amongst themselves whether or not it was the best of the decision to take in the first place. I saw even bank benches like uh, Davis Opoku and some move forward to have a conversation with the majority leader and others, including the finance minister. I saw a deputy, uh, what do you call it? Uh, it's not minister of state, are there? Finance Ministry also moving forward, including the Deputy Minister of Finance, Abner Sasa, equally joining the conversation with the leader of the House and the leader of the majority side, Oseche Mensa Bosu. He was resolute. He was firm in his decision that he needed to move out. And that's actually led to the conversation on the floor of Parliament. So what's happened is that the Speaker was then compelled to suspend the House. A decision that also did not really uh, get on the good side of the minority. You could see they were visibly not happy with it. Some raising concerns about that decision, hoping, among other things, that it could be the beginning of other rejection of the budget, which they had indicated in their final debate comments on this matter. You are live here. Certainly, mm. there's a press conference which has been addressed by the majority leader in the Parliament of the Republic of Ghana. Let's go get that and come back. On behalf of the majority, when we finished, what was to be done was for the speaker to put the question. Now, we raised issues initially about procedure. And as you heard, the deputy majority leader he said to the speaker that after putting the question and declaring the results, if a member wanted to challenge, he would have then to come with a challenge first. The member just got up and said that on account of order 1132, he's inviting the speaker to do a head count. That was not a challenge. So that was the issue the deputy leader raised. Then along the line, as we traveled, the speaker then said, well, um, he made a declaration, he expressed an opinion that he thought that the eyes have it. So the member could challenge it. You are all there. You are all there. You heard the speaker loud and clear. Why should a speaker beat such a hasty retreat from what he had said? He said to us that he thought and I'm quoting him, that I think the eyes have it. That is how speakers make pronouncements and determination. I think the eyes have it. And if he's convinced and persuaded, then he go further to say that the eyes have it. Or maybe, I think the nose have it. The nose have it. That's how it's done. Once you say the nose have it, then the determination has been made. In this case, he said, I think the eyes have it. The eyes have it. Then you have a speaker making a U-turn, a sudden U-turn to say that no, he didn't say, he didn't add that the eyes have it. He just expressed an opinion. You're all there, you heard him loud and clear. And that's most unfortunate. That's most, most unfortunate. So we think that the proper thing should be done. So we raise these preliminary issues. However, when the dust settled, we said, okay, Let's take the vote, in spite of the initial objections that we have raised. Let's take the vote, because he was insisting on the head count. Then we said, okay, we're available. 
check the hair count. What is happening is that there are five members of the minority who are not here. So all that he's doing is to play for time to enable them to come to the chamber. That is it. That's all that it is. What are the names of those of them who are not there? Honorable Ayarga. Ayarga is not here. Honorable Zanato. Sam George is not here. And Zanato is not here. Ajakum is not here. And Jachikwesim is not here. There are five of them who are not here. All that the speaker is doing is playing for time to enable them to find a way to enter the chamber. What kind of thing is this? What kind of thing is that? We insisted that while well, we're raising these preliminary issues, but you insist that you didn't say that. So I dropped it. I said, okay, so let's take the head count. And he said, we're going to do the head count. What was he waiting for? And for good, about 30 minutes, he's not doing anything. He's sitting down there. What's the import of it? And now adopting a division procedure. And now he says that, oh, we should get up and then go and write your name and then vote. That is a division. Did the did the did the Amakofibua call for a division? He said he was calling for head count. So the speaker now wants to inject himself to say that no no no, it's a division. What kind of attitude is this? And that is why we left the chamber for him. That let him do his own thing. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the import of what you have done. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'll speak to you again. That's all right. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dean. We'll relate to you again. Thank you. So, you've just heard that the majority leader addressing news conf conference here in Parliament to the extent that their understanding is that there were about five NDC MPs who were not available here, and that is why he believes the Speaker of Parliament is trying to play delay tactics and allow them to come in so that they can vote. So, interesting developments in the Parliament of the Republic of Ghana. You just heard the, the majority leader explaining why they had to step up because they have some differences with the speaker as to the direction he was given. The accusation is that the speaker was deliberately stalling so that minority members were coming for the head count. That's the reason why he insisted they should stand up and be counted, and which they consider to be an act which is done under a division and not necessarily during a head count. They said they had raised several objections prior to this, but they were willing to let them go. And we heard Osei Chairman Samus on the floor say, let's quickly take the vote and move on. To them, about four or five of the minority MPs are not in Parliament. They have mentioned uh, Boko Central MP Mahama Yaiga and also the Member of Parliament for Clotic Colley, uh, Dr. Zanetto uh, Rollins, and also other members of Parliament they believe are not in the House. Very good reasons why they are doing so. But let's head back to the House now. Da then with all due respect to the majority leader, he has the blair view of the law. I said so because standing order 113 is very clear and unambiguous. Now, the speaker put the question by voice votes. And the speaker expresses an opinion to the effect that I think the eyes have it. That definitely cannot be taken to be a ruling of the speaker. So for anybody to say that expression of the opinion that I think the eyes have it is a ruling by the speaker, then the person is having a blurred view of the law. The speaker could have simplicity states that the eyes have it. 
then that one is a ruling. But his, the word used by the speaker is that I think, which is an expression of the opinion. And the rules are clear that when the opinion of the speaker is challenged, then there is a division and the head count is being called up. Called. Now, the deputy minority leader, Honorable Amakofi Boa, rose on standing order 1132, which says that when the voice votes was challenged, that the opinion of the speaker was challenged, then you would have to call for a division. What he said was that after Mr. Speaker expressing his opinion, I think the eyes have it. The member rose on order 113 to say that Mr. Speaker, I rise on order 113 to challenge your opinion. So the Speaker said that my opinion has been challenged. I will therefore call for a head count. I believe strongly that when a procedure is set down for a right to be exercised, it is that procedure that will have to be followed in exercising the right. Every member of parliament can challenge the voice votes. And the provision is made in order 1132, which the member rose on in fact, it accord with common sense and reason, looking at the order, that any time at all a member invoke order 1132, it means that the voice vote is being challenged. The opinion of the speaker on the voice vote is being challenged. So all that will happen is that that should be a head count. So why is the speaker suspending the house now? We have been on this chamber so many well, times. The, when the, there have been walkouts, and the, the speaker devil, has continued with a vote. The devil doesn't know the intention of a man. So I wouldn't be able to know the reason for which the speaker has suspended the house. The but he is the manager here, of the house. And that what you are trying to do is to just tour and get and, and get this and get and get your members to come. Well, no, Mahama Yariga, Sam George, well, Jatikwesin. Sam George is in the house. You've seen Sam George in the house. So to say that Sam George is not in the house. Well, if they think they have the number, the number. Why didn't they wait for the vote? Why didn't they wait for the vote? If you feel you have the number, the majority, they have the number. Why didn't they wait for the vote? The head count should have been carried out, and the result will be declared, and the majority will carry the day. So why are they walking out? I believe strongly they are walking out simply because they rather do not have the numbers. So if the minority doesn't have the number, it should inure to their advantage. So why are they working out? So, so yes, let me, let me, let me uh, add to my senior uh, honorable's uh, assertion. You see, the issue is that we all realize they didn't have the numbers. They were calling their people. The time Honorable Afanya Markin was raising all those issues, it was intentional to delay the speaker for his people to be whipped in. That was just as easy as ABCD. We know ourselves now. We are familiar with ourselves. You can just sit at your corner and know ABCD is not in. And so we are aware of it. So all that time, 
they were delaying, it was a tactic to delay the speaker for their members to be whipping. If they are now turning to say that it's rather the minority side numbers that are not there, no, that is not completely true. Thank you. Honorable Kumen, Honorable Hiafo, thank you very much. And that is the situation here in Parliament. The minority clearly not happy with the procedure. I've seen a former leader of the House come out. I'll try and talk to him. Honorable Kletus uh, Apul Avoka. He is really well versed in the, 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 the procedures of the, of the House and what exactly should happen. So I'll try and talk to Honorable Kletus Avoka. He really knows the, the, the procedures in Parliament and how it is done. Um, you are a former leader of the House, yes. a very senior member of that. Yes. Has any of the procedures been violated by the Speaker? The majority says the Speaker is abusing the rules of Parliament and what he's doing is completely unfounded. In fact, um, on the contrary, uh, it is a majority in Parliament who are abusing the standing orders and then the, the processes of Parliament. In fact, Order 113 and 2 are very clear on the subject that if the opinion of the speaker is challenged, then we go into a head count. The speaker said that in his opinion, he didn't give a final decision, he said in his opinion, he thinks that the eyes have it. Then the deputy minority, minority leader said that I challenge you. What he said was that when he asked the speaker to invoke uh, at I mean, order 1132, he was saying he was challenging his opinion. That is legitimate. And when that happens, what the speaker is supposed to do is that everybody who voted eyes or nose will get up on, from his seat and then be counted. They didn't want that to happen. I think that the whole process has been one of hypocrisy. They didn't have the numbers. The, ma the majority side did not have the numbers. And they were afraid that if we went into the voting, they would lose out. So they were praying for time. Wendy's Peppermint Frosty and Frosty Cream Cold Brew make the perfect gift for anyone in your life. Especially for you. Yeah, this year you're sitting on your own lap and getting yourself what you want. Finally. And now every day this season, unlock 20% off your total when you get any small, medium, or large Frosty in the Wendy's app. So order something from your own wish list this year. Limited time only. Participating U.S. Wendy's without offer and registration. Applies to menu items only. Taxes and fees excluded. To let some of their members whom they thought are ministers in their office will come. And when they did that for some time and it wasn't working, they think that they should disrupt it. But they are rather so, accusing you of not having your numbers on the floor. Majority leader said five of your colleagues, Mahama Yarga and Ku, are not around. Not so the speaker is delaying for you. Where was the delay on our side? You were there. The public have seen it. Where was the delay on our side? They were, they were embarking on frivolous and then vexatious interpretation of the standing orders in the House. He, minority leader, majority leader, and he, the deputy majority leader, were those who were arguing vainly. What did the minority side say? We are merely observing them. So why is the speaker, the speaker has given, The speaker has been unfair to us with mm. the greater respect. I think that the speaker should have gone ahead to take the hair come from our side. And if we form half of the I mean, of parliament, then we can take a decision. Unless we didn't form half of the, uh, the members of parliament, out of the 275, you need half of that to, to, to take a decision. You need one third to, take a, to form a coro and debate. We were more than the coro, and I'm confident that we were more than half. So therefore, we could have gone ahead. Yes. So the speaker saved them. The speaker had given them a bailout. And they should be very, very, uh, uh, very, very uh, thankful to the speaker. They should be thanking the speaker for intervening. In any case, they've run out of their own budget. It tells you that they could not defend the budget on the floor of the house. And that is why they have found themselves in this quagmire. 
it also tells you that they failed to do consensus building. With a, with a hung parliament of this nature, we've told them since 2021 that if you are going to take any major issue, you should involve yourself in stakeholder consultation, in consensus building. This is what they failed to do. Smacks of arrogance and disrespect on the other side. And this is the result that we are getting. Thank you. Thank you very this much. Is the Former leader of the House, Honorable Cletus Apula Voka, clearly saying that he believes that that was supposed to happen. Honorable Sam George is one of the persons that the um, NDC claim was not available and he was absent. Let's, let's listen in and see what, what he has to say. I think that I think that we need we need to change the spectacles that the majority leader and minister for parliamentary affairs uh Bonsu uses. I'm making an appeal to the parliamentary service board to change his spectacles because clearly he cannot see. I mean I am here except there are three some judges. One in New York, one in Ningo Pram Pram, and one in Parliament. But I'm here, I was here this morning. For those of you who were in the chamber when the people from uh, Honorable Podo's constituency from whole Central came, when the speaker introduced them, I asked the speaker, who is the speaker of that group? And the speaker asked, and a gentleman in blue suit raised his hands. I was in the chamber this morning from the beginning of proceedings. So for Che to use me as an excuse why the NPP in parliament is running away from their own empty budget, some judge, they were money or Ghana how? First and foremost, I've been accused of the reason why Ghana has been downgraded in, 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 in its ratings. They say because of my anti-LGBTQ bill, Ghana has been downgraded. Now, some judge is the reason why the minor, majority is working out on their budget. Some judge is very powerful. But you see, it just tells you that the budget is empty. Jay is clutching to straws. It is the, the, the disposition of the majority, that air of arrogance, incompetent arrogance at managing their caucus that has brought the government where it is and will bring the government to his knees. And so they can continue running and chasing their own shadows. We are here. We are ready for a vote. If they are men and women of substance, if they believe in their budget, if they respect the Ghanaian people, they should come back into the chamber and end their salary for November by taking part in a vote. But clearly, the majority side, the NPP side in parliament, are a bunch of cowards who are running away with, their, with like, like, like dogs with, with, with tails between their legs, running away from their own budget because that budget is empty. That budget is, 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 is a vote of no confidence. Look, this action is a vote of no confidence by the majority in the finance minister and President Akufado and Baumia as head of economic management team. After they have gone to impose Baumia on their political party, they are running away from his budget. And so we must ask them, the, the taxes that they are imposing, they must own it. The bell is being rung. We are going back. They should come and let's vote. Sam George is here. Sam George says he's here and that the vote is going to happen. The bell is tolling now. And any moment from now, we would expect that the Speaker of Parliament will gavel the House back in session for the vote to happen. It's really incredible scenes in the House. And let me recount for you viewers who are now following what exactly is happening. The budget debate concluded. We heard from Oseche Mensabonsu. Honorable Ebi Fuseni, what proverb summarizes all that is happening and what is the ball game of your side? You see, if you see a chief warrior fleeing from the battlefield, in a battle that he has started, it's his own that he's going to fight.
it tells you that his recruits have been massacred. This is a classic defeat for the new patriotic party and the, the, the budget the finance minister brought to your house for the 2024 budget. Because today, the, the, the so-called majority itself has fled from the house on account of a division that uh, uh, our side called for a head count. I can tell you without any out of that, if they had the numbers, <laughs> they would have been more, even more eager to ask for the division to count so that they will, they will come out on top. But they simply did not have the numbers. And so with defeat staring them in the face, the most honorable thing for them to do is to flee. And so it is clear that the budget is lost. Why do the Speaker have to suspend the House? And what are you guys happy with the decision to suspend sitting? No, we are waiting for Mr. Speaker. As far as we're concerned, the business of the House has not been concluded for today. And indeed, it is Mr. Speaker who himself uh, 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 accepted. You saw the challenge the majority mounted against his acceptance of the challenge that we mounted when we quoted order 113 to call for a division, and Mr. Speaker accepted the division. And even, you, to protest the point, Mr. Speaker himself said the counting must start now. I'm sorry you were in the house, you heard it. So if Mr. Speaker had ordered that the counting must start now, and then in the, in the, in the face of the order of Mr. Speaker that the counting must start now, you flee from the house. What does he say? say it's a five, classic defeat. They say that five of your members are not here, and the Speaker is filibustering on your behalf. The, the Speaker is delaying time so that oh, your MPs will come and come and vote against the budget. That is what the no, majority what, leader what said. So if, he had, if they had a, a, a majority, even if they had a majority of just one, they would have been even more than willing to let, allow the county to take place. Because why? The House stands on a majoritarian basis. If you are able to, uh, uh, after the headcount, you are able to leave by even just one. That would have been enough for them to carry the day. So if they had even one member, more than even our side, why, why, why did they run away? They simply did not have the numbers. Significant numbers of them were not on the floor. What, what has happened after this almost 15, 20, 30 minutes delay? All of, everybody is now going to come and they are probably going to lose. So, so I'm just saying that even the very fact for us that they have run away means that they have been defeated already. The whole country will now see that the budget for 2024 has been defeated. It's clear. The whole country can see what is happening. And so for us, it is not if, it's when. Mr. Speaker is just coming now to confirm from our numbers because they have walked out of the house. Thank you very much. Have they announced that they are coming back to the house? Well, the majority leader says, well, as far as they are concerned, if they, they, they've left the process, they are boycotting the so process. So if you have the process, where, where are they coming there with, to, to mount the challenge for the count? So we are just waiting for Mr. Speaker to come back count the members of the house and the budget is thrown out because we have indicated that you want to vote against a budget that pays civil servants the budget that pays your salary there are challenges why don't you deal with the individual challenges why do you have to reject the entire budget it's a hopelessly uninspiring piece of work that the finance minister have brought to the house we have told you that they have brought so many you listen to the minority leader the number of new taxes they are bringing my brother today you you yourself as a Ghanaian, can you pay the taxes that have imposed Ghana has the most extortionate taxation that you can ever think of in the West African sub-region. Our people cannot pay their taxes, and you are imposing more taxes. You are going to kill the people. A lot of business, Association of Ghana Industries, uh, 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 Guta, uh, uh, Ghana uh, Association of Business Enterprises, all of them have come out to say that this budget doesn't provide anything for them. And on the contrary, the budget is going to sink them further. So we in the NDC are not going to be party to the imposition of additional hardships on our people. What well, the Ghanaians are suffering too much. And the last thing anybody should want to do is to impose additional hardship. Thank you. And so we will not. 
and I can say without any out of the Ghanaians are seeing the picture. The budget has been lost. And so they should not come back and uh, 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 I have said it that the MPP is like a house that has fallen. You don't ask whether the roof is still standing. Still standing. Thank you very much, Alaji ABF Husseini, saying that we expect that their members will come in and vote on this. And really incredible scenes. The bell has just been tolling for the last 15 minutes. If you can hear it from, from a little far behind. That is the bell signifying that sitting will resume any moment from now and MPs are being recalled to come back to the chamber. If anything, the majority leader said is to go by. The majority leader said that they really boycotted the process. So, Ibu Ibu from Sangnarugo speaking to Koko Asante, our parliamentary correspondent there. But we're coming back in the studio. We started a conversation with Charles Nyame, who is the convener of the aggrieved customers of Black Shield Capital Management. Who were at the finance ministry earlier today? Picketed, actually from last night. No, yes, the day before. Yes, All right. Now, and I'm um, junior Charles Frimpon. Now, because I have very limited time, like, I wanted to drill to the point. So, your demands till now have not been fully met. When you went to the finance ministry, did they specify to you that you will not have a timetable on when your demands are going to be met? No. Yesterday, we were met by the finance ministry when we got there. Uh, led by Honorable Mohammed Amin Adam, that's the Minister of State, State yeah. for Finance Ministry. In the meeting, he told us that we can only secure payment under one condition. And that condition is that we, the customers, should join hands with the Finance Ministry so that they will assist with their customers to go after the Gold Coast companies and its owners to run from the court, challenging the liquidation case that the government has filed against the company. Come to think of it, these are purely legal processes that, they are, uh, that is ongoing. And you cannot control that. We cannot control that. And what kind of assistance did they intend to give us? Are they going to give us machetes and whatever? <laughs> and it is like telling us that your money is sitting here. Unless you go and do that, excuse me for words, that dirty job for us, we will not give you the, your money. These are our legitimate money. We are calling on them that enough is enough. People are dying. They should go ahead and disperse the money and stop using a, a personal discretion of a, a personal discretion, which is a condition of liquidation order that, unless a liquidation order is secured, a bailout package which is already uh, has been approved will not disperse it to you. It, it's not backed by any law. It is the mm. finance ministry personal discretion, and we want the House of Parliament to intervene in this okay. to make sure that this is delinked from our payment. Engineer. For you personally, how has this affected you? And what direct message do you have for the finance ministry? And the people who can intervene, like he called on parliament. Uh, thank you very much. Um, to be frank, uh, I've been on pension uh, for the past uh, five years, six years. And uh, I, 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 whilst I was on at post, I'm a mechanical engineer. I did work. I'm afraid I may have to interrupt you on that. I need to go back to sure. Parliament because I understand the finance ministry is also addressing the press. And the minister himself is the one addressing the press as we speak right now. I, I know and I believe we have the 2024 budget passed until such time as they resolve whatever they want to resolve. Um, so we can all see or hear the video uh, which will clearly show that the speaker stated um, after... Um, the, the voice um, declaration that the eyes have it. Um, so that's where I stand, and I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that the people of Ghana have a budget. As to what they will do, parliamentary 
procedures after that, that's a different issue. I think we all heard it very clearly. I think the eyes have it, and we have it. Thank you very much for this. Officer, are you not concerned about the, what is going on, the back and forth, the minority challenging the world? But I, I think all of us have gone through this for seven years. So in terms of what the minority or majority, uh, but I think all of us as Ghanaians are witness to the fact that the speaker, the state, that he thinks the eyes have it. You know, usually everything is an opinion in a sense if you want to define it as such. Um, and so there's a challenge, there's a walkout, the speaker has come back, he's adjourning it till tomorrow, um, maybe to hear that application. But as we sit today, what you have is that he believes that the eyes have it. And that's what I'm taking out from here. No, I'm a, yeah, I'm going to the Congress Fund because the eyes have it. No, I haven't really made a declaration of that. Yeah. So thank you very much indeed. But the eyes have it, and we have a budget for the country. Thank you. Finance Minister of the Republic of Ghana, Kenneth Nalaya Kuntun Kununku, uh, making it quite clear that to his understanding and appreciation of what has happened on the floor of Parliament, the eyes have it and we have a budget. As in, he believes the budget has been approved. As to whether that's the reality on the floor and the reality between the parliamentarians who are currently getting back to the Parliament of the Republic of Ghana, we surely will get to know in a couple of minutes or hours following now. But we're back in our studios in a conversation that we have with Charles Nyami, who's the convener of the aggrieved customers of Black Shield Capital Management, and Engineer Charles Frippon, who is also with this grouping. So, Engineer, you were the one I was speaking to, and I was, uh, the interruption came in. Okay. I was asking how this affects you directly, and to your mind, what will be the lasting solution? Who should lead the charge on this? Uh, thank you very much, like I said. Uh, yes, I've been on pension for, for the past uh, six years, and I was actually depending on these, uh, my investment. I did this investment with the notion that uh, I can handle my family, myself, and other dependents. And unfortunately, uh, I had this investment. Initially, I had this investment with the, with the, uh, with Data Bank. All my investment was Data Bank. Uh, it was when Colonel Ferreira became the minister, and he said that part of uh, investment, it was called D-Note. That investment, uh, they, they have to stop it. So I was obliged to, to, to take this money out and send it back to my account. And I just called on my cousin and said, hey, how do I handle this amount? That's where he said, can you send it to uh, Kwasindum as uh, GoGo Security? I took it there, just four and a half months. 
only four and a half months, I lost all millions of cities. Not even just running for years. So how much did you mention? Millions of cities. I cannot tell you specific, but a lot of money that I just took it there, just four and a half months, I lost the whole money. And as I'm talking to you now, I depend on my, my children and other friends to, you know, to keep my life moving, which of course, it shouldn't be that. I don't belong to that group. I did well. I'm, I'm a professional. And I know when you work, you plan ahead. You do your savings, you do your other investment, and making sure that things work on for you. And now, what the situation is going on, it's like, as, as I did mention, if I don't mention to you, I've had a lot of my subordinates and colleagues where I work with in Angola Shanti. Most of them have passed away because of the closure of the banks. Most of them are having strokes. They are lying in their houses. Marriage broken. Family just spread out. And of course, all these guys, most of them were linking up to me. And with this, the situation that we are in now is affecting me seriously. It's affecting my family. And I think going forward, I, what I can say is the government or the finance minister need to sit up. They, they owe us because one, 2020, they paid 50,000 across board. If you owe me and you paid 50,000 to me, it means going forward is your obligation to pay the rest. But they decided not to pay. We only, we day in day out, we do picketing, going up and down, and they've, they've just adamant on our, our request. Very terrible story there. And um, unfortunately, I cannot continue. But I'm sure we can continue this conversation subsequently. Charles Nyami, many thanks to you for joining us. And engineer, I wish you all the best. Thank you very, very much. Best. And, uh, Thank you very much. We'll go back to Parliament. I understand the minority leader is also on his feet and is trying to address the press now. You can see him on the screens. Away from their own budget. Second time in the history of Ghana. Sensing defeat. We have got them and we'll get them again another day. The fact remains that the MPP does not have the numbers. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Wendy's Peppermint Frosty and Frosty Cream Cold Brew make the perfect gift for anyone in your life. Especially for you. Yeah, this year you're sitting on your own lap and getting yourself what you want. Finally. And now every day this season, unlock 20% off your total when you get any small, medium, or large Frosty in the Wendy's app. So order something from your own wish list this year. Limited time only at participating U.S. Wendy's with app offer and registration. Applies to menu items only. Taxes and fees excluded. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide or experiencing a mental health or substance use crisis, 988 provides 24-7 compassionate support and connection to trained counselors. 
When you call, text, or chat 988, you'll be quickly connected to trained counselors who will listen to your concerns, provide support, and connect you to additional resources if needed. There is hope. The Lifeline works. You are not alone. For 24-7 support, just call, text, or chat 988. To approve their own budget. And you bear us witnesses. You are here. You saw what happened. Everyone knows that the NDC members of parliament ready. were ready to vote against the budget. For good reason. For a very good reason. And we outlined as part of our concluding remarks why we are against this particular budget. Our position is simple. We cannot allow this budget to go through in its current form because the ordinary Ghanaian will be the one who will suffer. Ladies and gentlemen, the MPP sadly, sensing that they are not here, because obviously the Deputy Minister responsible for Foreign Affairs is not in town. Obviously the Honorable John Kuma, who is a Deputy Minister of Finance, is also not here. And obviously the almighty Kenejapon, Mr. Showdown, is also not here. And sensing defeat, clearly you know, they decided to walk out in a very shameful manner. It is a shame. It is a shame. The Speaker has adjourned the House, but I can assure you, we will not stop there. We will do whatever we have to do. Our motion is still in place. We are challenging the voice vote. The Speaker has ruled, and the MPP is aware, that when the speaker makes a pronouncement and a ruling, they can only challenge that through a substantive motion. And order 98 is clear on, on the matter. So as we speak, the budget has not been approved. So ladies and gentlemen, the budget has not been approved. So let everyone be aware and let the MPP MPs get it. They have lost it. They have lost it. They have lost the way and they have lost the, the, the mandate to do business in this house. But we want to conclude by saying that we live to fight another day. And tomorrow is another day. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. Well, just two questions, yes? Let's listen, let's listen. Yeah. Yes, you. Speak up. Come on. Yes. Can you come for work? <laughs> yes. 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 That. Okay. Okay. Let me let me educate you on that. When the a vote is taken in hold on, hold on. Before you go, when a vote is taken in Parliament, and the the, the voices from nay and yay sound as if they are they are they are similar the speaker you hear the speaker says it's an opinion. i think yes either the eyes uh, have it or the others have it in this case that's what he did before he could make a, a definite pronouncement the deputy minority leader got up and invoked order 113 and the process of going through the headcount is what the MPP got scared of and decided to, to, to run away from the house. So as we speak, Mr. Speaker did not did not approve anything. So the, the issue is hanging. 
That is why Mr. Speaker Chief. came back into the chamber. So make no, no, no mistake. The budget has no, no been. You can check the, the votes and proceedings tomorrow, and we shall be available. The, the budget is hanging, and it will be defeated. In fact, today, sensing defeat, they've run away from their own budget. If they are men, let them come to the chamber now so that we, do a, we, we can vote. They've lost it. So please, the Speaker has made a ruling that her count, yes. the motion as moved by the Deputy Minority Leader, the Honorable Amako Fibua, challenging his ruling is adopted. And you can only challenge the Speaker's ruling under Order 98. Nobody can challenge the Speaker's ruling by mere words, they have to come under a proper and a substantive motion to defeat the Speaker's decision. As it stands now, the budget has not been approved. We have won the day and we will win again tomorrow. Thank you. So you heard the minority side of the debate in the Parliament of the Republic of Ghana where a decision as to whether or not they could proceed to get people be on their feet and be counted is actually splitting heads in the Parliament. This is over the passage of the budget for the year 2024, quite reminiscent of the year 2021 where the 2022 budget also went through similar difficulties. What's happened is that the majority in the parliament had boycotted the parliament and walked out. They did so, came out to explain that they had differences with the speaker, and the speaker was deliberately stalling because he believed that the minority had some members who were not in the parliament, who really, which, which really included some George who later on came to dispute that claim, then the minority, as you heard there, addressed by KCL Atufosin, who was giving the indication that they were there, they are going to continue tomorrow, and we are likely to have this panel consistent. Let's not forget, tomorrow is also the day that the Trace Minister has been given liberty to lay that restrictive import uh, legislative instrument. A lot of developments will be happening at 6 p.m. They will be up front. But many thanks to you for joining us on the pause today. My name is Raymond Dakwa. Every day, people have money emergencies. Mom, I need my school fees. Emergency. Mom, I need my money emergency. 